This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Available now from Dynamis Books, Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett, the compelling true redemption story of Mitsuo Fujita, the Japanese pilot who led the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. Wounded Tiger is a thoroughly researched account that reads like a novel, an immersive experience with more than 300 photos, including historical archives, maps, personal letters, and official documents. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett from Dynamis Books, available in stores and online now. Go to WoundedTiger.com now to read the first chapters for free. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. 
the Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. All right, we've got a lot to get to, including the latest uh, from the headlines, which we will uh, tear apart in this way. We will see what is happening. We will figure out uh, why it is so important, and we'll try to apply how it matters to us in our daily lives. That's all straight ahead. Kevin McCullough, we get started right now. If you've been paying attention, you've known that the uh, war in Israel has not ceased. In fact, uh, some of the um, pictures of, from across the globe, if anything, have indicated that the intensity behind this conflict is still building. Here to discuss is Michael Rubin. He's a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. In terms of the support that the terrorists are getting in Western cities, in Western countries, what do you make of that? I think what we're actually seeing, Kevin, is a decades-long delay on propaganda that was formulated under the Soviet Union by Mao Zedong in China. Uh, and it really has festered, especially on our university campuses. This isn't simply about Israel. What happens in the Gaza Strip doesn't stay in the Gaza Strip. Uh, much more is at stake than many Americans realize. I appreciate that candidness. And when you talk about the worldview behind it, I think it's very important for that point to be made really clear. In fact, a lot of the participants on the college campuses in these protests would not even be Americans or American citizens. They are people that are here with visas studying at our uh, pleasure. We've allowed them in, and yet this is what they are doing uh, with that opportunity. So let me let me pull back to kind of the 35,000-foot view for a second, because as we as we know that the IDF is is being as humane as can be in terms of executing uh, a war, you haven't heard anybody on any of the main legacy news outlets, and I'm sure you're not getting it in these college classrooms, noting that on October the 7th, a ceasefire already existed. It was in existence on October 7th, and it wasn't Israel that broke the, peace fi the ceasefire. It was a group of militants that said, no, we're going back to war again. Uh, this is not a distinction that's being made, and you're seeing NBA players. I saw a guy coming out of my gym this morning wearing a, a kafi a, with the the scarf that that, that symbolizes uh, solidarity with uh, Hamas, uh, and it is as though. And, and I have a large number of Jewish friends that are members at the same gym that I am. It it is as though we are supposed to tolerate this propaganda much of it untrue, to our face without a response. You're, you're absolutely right. And this is why it behooves Israel to go ahead with its response, because it can't expect to sacrifice um, its existence, because that really is what it is at stake, or the lives of its citizenry uh, upon a feet liberal uh, cocktail circuit opinion in the United States. We see how volatile that opinion is, how convoluted and morally inverse it is. 
Israel's got to do what it's got to do, and it's actually standing up for international law. If I just break this down, for example, the Geneva Conventions doesn't say that international law applies to everyone. You actually have to uh, check off several boxes to adhere to certain laws. For example, you have to wear uniforms. You can't hide among civilians. You can't build tunnels under hospitals. And if you do any of that, you forfeit the right to the applicability of the Geneva Conventions to you. If you want to make an argument like we do in college campuses that, hey, look, these laws should apply to everyone, what you're actually doing is incentivizing terrorism in a way that ultimately will be used against Americans at home. Yeah, and I think that's an important point to point out. And and the most direct connection we have to that is this odd viral thing that went around last week. And again, I was off the air from radio and television last week. I took my bride away. We've been married 20 years. The fact that she still wants to put up with me is an amazing thing. I thought we would celebrate that. But I could not help but see, even in foreign language television, the stories coming through. Who would have thought that any American publication would have allowed for the transcript of a letter from Osama bin Laden to be posted, much less to have an actual social media campaign organized and propagated based on that to stir up sympathy for other terrorists. I'm just curious, Michael, what was your take on the entire, I, eventually uh, they took it down, but it was it was after millions and millions of young people had seen it and, and actually that they saw the points that he was trying to make. Well, it just shows the vacuousness of American elite education today. And what surprises me is not that news media's broadcast this, but that anyone would find Osama bin Laden acceptable in this, uh, in, in this way. It really shows the profound ignorance which exists on university campuses. I've been throughout the Middle East, and people struggle under the violence that Osama bin Laden represented. He's killed far more uh, moderate Muslims in his name than Westerners. I think ultimately what's going on, Kevin, however, is that the biggest difference between left and right in America and Europe is the left always demonizes power, while the right understands that power can be used for good or for bad. If you want to handicap the United States, if you want to handicap Israel and say they are evil because they represent power, what many of these academics don't understand is if you create that vacuum, it's not going to be the forces of altruism which fill the void. It's going to be groups like the Islamic State, like the Chinese Communist Party, like Vladimir Putin, like Osama bin Laden. Again, they have no clue what is at stake and how American power has enabled the post-World War II liberal order and the peace and the prosperity which it represents. Well, I, I find it interesting that you point out that the left always condemns power. At least it seems they do until they, in fact, themselves achieve it. And that is that is your larger point, which is they are wholly corrupted by these uh, extremist, fascist, radical, um, fundamentalist tendencies. And they literally have no problem with Hamas coming in and killing babies, turning babies into charcoal. But they they have a problem with Israel coming in and saying, leave the area. We're going to sweep underneath these buildings to see if there are tunnels holding weapons, and we're giving you advance notice. Michael, nobody does that in warfare. Well, I know you're absolutely right. Israel has gone far above and beyond what anyone has done. They've put their own soldiers' lives at stake to evacuate civilians. And when they have evacuated civilians, they've been fired upon by Hamas. So you're absolutely right there. 
Kevin. I mean, the fact of the matter is what for the left, for human rights organizations, for journalists, too often politics is Trump principle. This is why Amnesty International Human Rights Watch have become laughing stocks. We've seen videos now uh, from October 7th of hostages being rushed through Al-Shifa Hospital on their way to the tunnels below while doctors and nurses watch. This makes the doctors and nurses complicit. Every news media which was relying upon them has become complicit. And I'm not sure whether so many on the left realize they're not just professing ignorance. They're now actually complicit with terrorism and liable under the law for what they have done, especially if it can be shown, as has been shown with the doctors and nurses in Al-Shifa Hospital, that they knowingly deceive the West about the role of the hospital um, and with Hamas terrorists. And I would extend that complicity to Kyrie Irving and every other American celebrity and uh, athlete that have uh, taken up this solidarity uh, stuff uh, wholeheartedly. Um, Michael Rubin of the American Enterprise Institute, senior fellow there, thank you for joining us. Thank you for lending some insight on this today. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough, we still have a very important discussion coming up about energy. It's going to be a huge issue in the next election cycle, but what difference will it make? Stay with us. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down, and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north, into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped right in front of us. Men were beaten, and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief. And then they raped me. My slave master did not think of me as a human. 
He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out. Uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime, 888-342-1010. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. So glad to have you with us. It's Tuesday. Kevin McCullough, glad to be back with you. And as I uh, came back from my week away, uh, taking the lovely bride to uh, Italy for our 20th anniversary last week, I was continually reminded that the world that most of us live in uh, is much more dangerous than what a lot of us want to think about and realize, and someone who notices this all the time is KT McFarland. She rejoins us. KT, I, I thought of you when I was overseas um, because I, I know the last couple of times you've been away, you've come back with a real um, burden that the U.S. isn't looked at the same way overseas as we have been in years previous, administrations previous. And I will say that the world doesn't really understand what we're up to right now, particularly as it relates to interacting with China or the Ukraine-Russia war or the Israel-Hamas war. Um, why is that? I think it's a, a several reasons. One, it's a general perception that the United States is in irreversible decline. And I would point out, I mean, let's say back to Afghanistan or probably even earlier, where the United States, despite our many blessings and natural resources and all that, we don't seem to be using them. Um, so it starts with Afghanistan of our shambolic withdrawal from Afghanistan. It's the sense of deterrence. The United States used to want something and the rest of the world kind of fell in line with it. Um, that's been eroding over the last 
decades, but it certainly has eroded in the last, I would say, three or four years, mm-hmm. certainly with President Biden. And then it's just the other is a is the idea that the Chinese are rising, the Chinese machine, the Chinese have become very aggressive on the world stage. They've built a military. They've got a thriving economy, at least up until recently. And they're kind of pushing their weight around. And what they're doing is China has staked out what's called the global south. That's South America, um, Africa, South Asia. And they've gone to those developing countries and said, look, you have a choice. You have two models. One is the Chinese model, where you have rapid development and you bring your people out of poverty, but you have control of your society. And the other is the American model. Look at the American model. They're dysfunctional. They can't get their act together. Economies used to be great, but they're losing that, and they're losing world prestige. So who do you want to choose? That's the choice that China gives the world. And increasingly, countries are saying, well, I want the China model, especially because China says, I'm going to offer you lots of development, of economic development. We're going to build roads, schools, hospitals. We're going to take some of your natural resources, but we're going to give you a lot in return. Whereas the United States, especially the Obama administration, not in Trump at all, but in The Biden administration, when we talk to other countries in the world, developing countries, we say, well, now, how woke are you? (laughs) We don't want to give you any money unless you subscribe to gay rights and blah, 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 blah. So we put a lot of conditions on our foreign assistance and our cooperation with other countries, which may be great for us, but those are societies which are not prepared for that and don't want it. So there's been a general turning away from the United States role as leader of the world and the United States model. Well, and it's interesting that you uh, talk about that aspect of it, because I think that that was even more reinforced when you saw all the CEOs and the governor of California, um, you know, falling all over themselves to shake his hand and uh, kiss his ring. I mean, this was and I've had that thought watching it from afar. I can't imagine how bad it was actually here in the U.S. When the Chinese president came to the United States. He didn't really care about meeting Biden. He figures Biden is, is old news. He's an old man. He's feeble. He can't really decide much. He's sort of on autopilot as is his administration. And whatever the administration is doing, we're kind of committing suicide. And the Green New Deal is bankrupting us. It's enriching China. We have energy resources that we could exploit, but we refuse to do it. And the political dysfunction. So well, Xi Jinping, he doesn't really care a whole lot about Joe Biden. A lot of that are the American investors. American investors who would invest in China, high tech, which will do business with China. And those guys, as you point out, there was a VIP dinner, $40,000 plate opportunity to see Xi Jinping. And that was sold out. And those guys, the CEOs of you know of Google, of Apple, of every investment bank in the major investment bank in the country were tripping over themselves to get a photo op with the Chinese president. So the Chinese president knows his economy is struggling and that should have been an opportunity for the United States to do massive um, leverage over China. I mean, for example, 30% youth unemployment, that's staggering. Their economy is, as they have a, a real estate crisis, their real estate is about to sort of bottom out, which is a large part of their economy, and their exports haven't come back after COVID. So China's probably in the worst position economically it's been in in 20 or 30 years. And we should have exploited that, but President Biden, I don't know, they yammered on about climate change and fentanyl drugs and got nothing from the Chinese except empty promises and a couple of good photo opportunities for President Biden. What the Chinese got out of that was a renewed connection to Wall Street, and that's what they wanted. That was all they were looking for. Yeah. 
That's, well, that's so let me, how does, then how does G play that back home? Um, I'm the guy that's really making it happen and look at the, look at the, you know, amnesia patient in the white house. <laughs> Is that what he says to his people? He says to his people, I am not, I am on the world stage. And China of 20 years ago is not China of today. And I'm on the world stage. I am a co-equal with the United States and in many ways superior to the United States. And that's why China is the country to follow. China is the wave of the future. The 21st century belongs to China. And it does a lot to shore up his own population, which is saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, the deal we made with the Chinese Communist Party was we'll give you all the power, but we want economic prosperity. And that economic prosperity is is starting to lag a little. So she, Xi Jinping needs that that sort of boost and, and appeal to Chinese nationalism, which they have done very successfully. Meanwhile, what's happening in the United States, you know, the majority of American young people hate America. Does the economic situation in China um, make it more likely that he goes to war sooner rather than later? You know, there's a sort of mixed opinion on that. One is that, oh, he can't afford to go to war. It would be so terrible. He doesn't have the strong um, backing of his country. He doesn't have a strong economy. The other says, wait a minute, if you've got a foreign adversary, people don't, they rally around the flag. I, My concern is doctrine, whether it's Karl Marx or Lenin or Stalin or Mao Zedong says, if you can create a foreign adversary, you get everybody to rally around the flag. I don't think the Chinese are going to go to war. I don't think they have to go. The Chinese are pretty savvy about their foreign policy. They know that they can win economically. So, for example, the meeting in, China, in San Francisco with with Xi Jinping meeting all those heads of technology, technology companies and Wall Street companies, he can freeze a Taiwan out. He can say, Taiwan, you want to do business with these guys? you got to do it through me. He knows that if he is pressuring... Um, in any way, militarily, you know, is the United States really going to stand up and go to war over Taiwan? There's an pre American president who doesn't even know how to get off a stage, much less go. Mm. I think that, that Xi Jinping will present to Taiwan, and I, I hear the series of options. We can crush you militarily, and we do all these military exercises to prove it. You're not going to get international support. You know, maybe you get America, but you're sure not getting Europe, and you're sure not getting the technology companies of the world, the global companies, and the global South, they don't care about you. And so I think that Xi Jinping can present Taiwan with kind of a fait accompli. That's how he wins the Taiwan War. Well, I appreciate the insight, KT, as always. And now the most important question for you of your entire week of interviews that you've done, um, what is the signature KT McFarland Thanksgiving dish that will be on the table on Thursday? Oh man, you are really asking a tough ones this time. <laughs> Well, I, I have, we have 20, all of my five children, their spouses, grandchildren, and everybody, I've so worked it out so that everybody does all the work. I do the turkey and I do the centerpiece. So the biggest thing on my platter is beautiful centerpieces. There you go. Centerpiece away. Happy Thanksgiving, KT. Always good to talk to you.
Thank you, Kevin. You too. Kevin McCullough. Available now from Dynamis Books. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett. The compelling true redemption story of Mitsuo Fujita, the Japanese pilot who led the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. Wounded Tiger is a thoroughly researched account that reads like a novel. An immersive experience with more than 300 photos, including historical archives, maps, personal letters, and official documents. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett from Dynamis Books. Available in stores and online now. Go to WoundedTiger.com now to read the first chapters for free. Lots of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I'm older and I have more energy, just like all the commercials that I see on TV. So it really is a help uh, to my well-being. I'm 80 years old. I clean up after 450 kids in a cafeteria for three hours, and then I clean 300 steps. And then I, I vacuum carpets and clean halls in five hours because you know, for an 80 year old, that's a lot to do. And I still have energy after work. I consider it a, a great success. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com, promo code. KMC. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. 
Go to TSOTickets.com for info. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. I start with a a monologue that falls under the category of a trend that I'm seeing that is as bothersome as any other social phenomenon that's in existence right now. And it goes a little bit like this. I have a position of privilege or responsibility or authority or in some way uh, something that someone else doesn't have. I do something really stupid and really bad. I get called for it, eventually pay the consequence of doing that, and then I act like I have no idea what I did wrong. I don't know if you've noticed this. It's actually very similar to what my children have done for years, but we're starting to do this in public now. Uh, putting on public displays of saying the most rancid and horrid things. Uh, and then when somebody says, wait a minute, that's rancid and horrid, you say, well, that's just my freedom of speech. But if the pressure doesn't go away, then sometimes there's consequences that occur. I bring you the example uh, that I'm referring to of university professor Laura Mullen from Wake Forest University. Now, uh, Ms. Mullen, uh, immediately uh, following these uh, October 7th uh, attacks, went on her uh, X account, which used to be called Twitter, and said the following. So it's kind of a duh, but if you turn me out of my house, plow my olive groves under and confine what's left of my family to the small, impoverished state you run as an open-air prison, I could be tempted to shoot up your dance party, yeah, even knowing you will scorch the earth, she wrote. This according to the Winston-Salem Journal newspaper. Now, the bizarre thing of all of this is that she was actually surprised that a post like that would create some sort of stir. And it did. Students that attend Wake Forest University were offended by it at least those that have Jewish friends or were Jewish themselves, and it sparked widespread condemnation. Uh, She eventually decides to go through the process, and she even resigns, but then she uh, gives lip back to the uh, public about why she felt like that uh, this was all wrong. After saying she would be glad to shoot up an open-air concert like the one that Hamas shot up on October 7th, she feels like the victim because she ended up resigning. She whined to the student newspaper, The Wake Report, that the university statement is like, if you watch animal films and you isolate one gazelle, that, that that's the one that gets eaten. I don't think she's a gazelle. No one told her to open her mouth and say a word. And if you didn't have any more common sense than to understand that what you were doing when you went down the path of saying that you would personally be willing to go so far as to shoot up a music concert demonstrates a problem of character. It's not everybody else's issue, it's yours. The fact that you feel like because you're a college professor that you have tenure, that you should be allowed to say whatever you want whenever you want it, demonstrates the larger problem. 
I'm not opposed to some of the social safety nets we have in place, like tenure for qualified teachers and other things that uh, some people have uh, utilized over the course of their career to help sustain their way of life and their, in fact, ability to provide for their families. But if you're going to say the most outrageous, rancid, and horrid things, why should anybody keep you on board? Well, Kev, you don't believe in free speech. I do. But I believe that the freedom to speak that which you want to also entitles the rest of society to enact consequences for such speech. And if you say you're going to kill your neighbor's kid, they have the same right to say, I don't think so, and meet you at the door with a loaded shotgun. Eventually, what you think becomes what you say, and what you say eventually can, in fact, turn into actions. Now, I'm not saying that Professor Mullen was going to go and try to shoot up a concert. I hope to goodness that she wouldn't. But why did she feel the need to say that? Some are going to say, well, she feels a certain sense of solidarity with the Hamas uh, uh, the, the the people from Gaza, and wanted to express solidarity with them. Well, expressing solidarity with an innocent group of people is fine. But when you go so far as to say that you would take the actions that the terrorists took, that puts you in a different category. You can't simply say, well, I want to be just like the terrorists, and then wipe your hands when somebody objects to it and say, oh, but I, I I'm allowed to say what I want to say. Yes, you're allowed to say what you want to say. The, the right of free speech is one of the most cherished, dear, most dearly held rights that we have in America today. And it's, what, it's one of the things that truly separates us from the rest of the world. However, if you say things like, I want to shoot young people while they attend concerts, we have a right as a society to look at you with a little bit of a raised eyebrow and try to be suspect of what you may do next. And if you're just doing it to draw a reaction, then satisfy yourself by saying you got the reaction you were looking for. You said you wanted to shoot up a concert just like the terrorists did, and then you were shocked that a university didn't stand by you and say, we believe in her and we think that she should have the right to say it. Nobody in their right mind should be saying that out loud. Sometimes that adage from mom is pretty well worth remembering. If you can't some find something nice to say, maybe don't say anything at all. Laura Mullen certainly will consider it the next time she has the chance. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com thatkevintour.com or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. 
Uh, women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. We have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. But I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids. Uh, And she grew up as a slave's uh, child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work, but because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog. If you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk. So the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, As she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself, and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, She would do hard work every day, carry water long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave. And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. happening in New York or across the globe. Learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. But I knew something and in my monologue I spoke about my recent trip to uh, Italy to treat my bride to a 20th anniversary. The fact that she still puts up with my odd, unique behavior and personality, even in public at times, uh, has been a credit to her character. And I wanted to say thank you to her. But one of the things I noticed is that in every petrol station that we passed, um, I saw prices that I couldn't believe a dollar 80 or, you know, one, one eighty nine. I guess it was in Euro or, you know, one ninety seven. And I thought, wow, that's a really good price until I remembered that it's the uh, cost per liter, not per gallon that we're seeing there in their markets. But despite all of that, um, I didn't see a lot of electric cars on the road in Italy. It's part of the European Union. It's part of a a growing uh, market that people are still looking for energy solutions to. In fact, the Green Party in Italy seems to do uh, a lot, you know, by way of public uh, announcement and so forth. 
And that has often been adopted by the far left here in America. We've, you've seen this president do everything he could to put the energy business completely out of business, and it hasn't worked. Uh, people are, some are buying electric vehicles, but we don't have a grid that sustains a coast-to-coast -coast capability of thriving transportation. So what happens now? Let's discuss this with Jason Isaac, president of the American Energy Institute, who joins us. Jason, I appreciate you taking time tonight to be with us. Why is it so important to this president to get everybody into an electric vehicle? Why, why is it something that it seems like it keeps him up at night? He's declared war on one of our biggest, most profitable industries, and it's like he can't let it go. Why? No, and he he recognizes that fossil fuels provide freedom to really move about the country, and they want to lock us down with these electric vehicles. They don't have a range. The cost is astronomical. S taxpayers and ratepayers are subsidizing this cost, but it's really to appease this this network of companies uh, that have bought into the agenda and and that recognize they've got their hands out looking for subsidies from the federal government. I mean, you look at Ford alone last quarter; they turned a profit, which was a turnaround, but that that profit would have been more than double had it not been for the losses of the, at their electric vehicle unit. Uh, and so, who's subsidizing the cost for that? Well, shareholders are, and pension fund investors are. People that are expecting pension retirements, you know, when they when they age out of work and they're ready to retire, but that's being jeopardized to appease this climate cult agenda, uh, and and the, quite honestly, the donors that are funding the Biden administration to really lock us down in our homes and only allow us to travel so far as to what they dictate is acceptable. But you're right about Italy. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have a lot of clothes drying machines. They don't have a lot of dishwashers because they just don't have the grid in the infrastructure. But I, I love your comment about the cost of gasoline. I joked that the Biden administration was going to switch to the metric system so he could say he lowered prices at the pump because we would be paying for, you know, a fourth of the quantity, but it would be cheaper per, you know, on the sign outside. Right. No, that's almost a, a strategy that I'm I'm thinking he's probably floated in a private meeting somewhere. Um, <laughs> sure. Who knows with this guy, actually. But Jason, let me get to this. Um, that affects the American taxpayer. And um, it is something that right now is dictating foreign policy. It's dictating our national security. It is preventing us from strengthening allies, and it is preventing us from actually doing all that we can to cripple our enemies. Um, if we keep gas cheap on the global stage, which we can do through our own production and, and eventually become dominant like we were under the Trump administration, keep, keep the cost of a barrel of oil under $40, Putin and the mullahs in Iran go broke. They, they, they can't make a lot of money with what they have. And we have more resources and more stores than they do. So we could actually bankrupt the war machines and strengthen our allies and strengthen those that we want to do and be uh, friends with uh, across the globe. But this president doesn't seem to recognize that. No, he doesn't. And he has, his administration has completely turned a blind eye towards Iranian oil sanctions and allowed Iran to sell millions of barrels of oil per day to China, infusing up to $80 billion in cash to Iran. Guess who's funding Hezbollah and Hamas? It's the Iranian regime that is doing it, and they're doing it with dollars from China because of oil. And, and it's just atrocious. It's 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 criminal, in my opinion, uh, that we are allowing these sanctions to go unchecked 
and allow Iran to fund this war against our allies, against our friends in the Middle East. And now we're going to be essentially funding both sides of it. And I, and I say that because that oil that China has been buying from Iran, they're turning that into refined products because they've actually been expanding their infrastructure. They're, they're, they're producing diesel fuel, home heating oil, uh, and other refined products that Americans are going to be buying this winter. So it, it's just, it, it's mind boggling to me, the ignorance. I think we've reached peak ignorance uh, within the current federal administration allowing this to happen. Uh, but that that's what's going, we're basically gonna be funding both sides of the war with American dollars. When if we liberate American energy and unleash our American energy dominance, and we do, we have the reserves here in North America and we produce that energy more responsibly than anywhere else on the planet. We need to absolutely do that. Do it on federal lands to fund our federal budget. How about that? That would be a new concept that this government seems to turn a blind eye towards, but they're not, they just continue to attack hydrocarbons that have resulted in economic prosperity for billions around the planet. Yeah, and and the planet's by by no means is it any cleaner because we're we're not involved in the process, which is kind of amazing. Um and I've I've read places Jason and maybe you can l- lend some light on this, but in places like Texas, there's enough uh, liquid um, natural gas under the surface there to supply every Texan energy for the rest of their life for free. And they they still wouldn't use, they still wouldn't exhaust the energy supplies that they have. And that's just one item across an entire platform of energy resources that we have that we could actually use to our benefit. Why doesn't why doesn't the government acknowledge this and take steps to do what you just said, which is unleash the power of the American energy? Well, I think it's they're suffering from a, a now named psychosis called eco anxiety. They think that by having prosperity from hydrocarbons thing and re- result in this this terrible earth that we all seem to be living wonderfully well through there's been a hundred there's been a 99% reduction in deaths over the last hundred years from weather related events and that's all while our population has quadrupled Jason Isaac president of the American Energy Institute appreciate you being with us thanks for being here thanks for having me on Kevin you got it Kevin McCullough coming right back This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son, the king of all kings. The greatest story ever told is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. Hello, I'm Mike Vindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep Almost immediately, I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented my pillow. 
My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's mypillow.com promo code. KMC. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. ThatKevinTour.com or call 1-800-581-8942 or ThatKevinTour.com The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra live in concert coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert, The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. What you need to know, when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. I don't know if you've experienced, uh, but I have, the conflict that arises around the holiday. In fact, I remember often as a young child uh, hearing my mother and father and my grandparents and my aunts and uncles uh, complain and kvetch about who had to cook and clean and do everything in between. And here's the real truth of it. Most of the men didn't do a bunch of anything, and the women divvied up the tasks, but whoever hosted always had the hardest task. And then they would, you know, somehow work out everything else in some sort of uh, barter agreement, I guess. Well, a family in North Carolina have uh, taken to a very different way of uh, approaching the Thanksgiving weekend this year, and that is they've instituted a Thanksgiving draft where literally the Cedarberg family, uh, Rast, Colleen Rast Cedarberg, who's only 31, has instituted this uh, program so that her older sisters and younger brothers and everybody that's in between can uh, participate and enjoy the fruits of all of that participation, which means a great meal and a good time with family, but also have a certain degree of responsibility. Now, this is really ingenious when you think about it, because uh, about half of the team likes to cook and doesn't want to clean. And the other half can't cook, but is glad to clean. And so you have people that are good at cleaning, doing the cleaning up. You have the people that are good at cooking, doing the cooking. They've also weighted every dish on the Thanksgiving day table. Uh, a turkey is a level three, while the cranberry sauce that comes out of the can is a level one. 
And on draft day, which happens significantly before Thanksgiving, you draft the dishes that you will prepare and be responsible for. And then you allow the others to pick what they do. And supposedly on Thanksgiving day, it all comes together. So this isn't meant, intended to make your Thanksgiving holiday meal uh, political or overly controversial. But if we begin to think of all of life in the frame, in the prism of personal responsibility, it does change things. Because if I know when I go through my day-to-day -day that I have a responsibility to not only care for myself, but as the head of my family, uh, provide for my family as well so that my children and my bride, that we can eat, that we can have the needs that we have met, that we can uh, go to bed tonight in a, in a warm house, in a warm bed, uh, friends, then I'm not going to be depending upon the government or anybody else to provide that for me. And why should I? Uh, ultimately, I can do a better job of providing for them than any government entity would ever try to do for me. And it would be kind of like saying, well, I, I'd be glad to have the Thanksgiving Day dinner, but I want to have it down at the local soup kitchen. Yeah, they could probably make you something that might even taste good, but why on earth would you settle for that? So if you are thinking this Thanksgiving week, how can we be more thankful? How can we express ourselves in a more loving way? What is it that we can do that's going to make a bigger impact around us? Maybe starting to adopt this idea of individual responsibility and asking the question, well, what could I do better? Maybe that starts to generate this, um, this overwhelming transformation that we need as a country, that all of us doing our best ultimately provides the best country that we would all like to see provided. I'm Kevin McCullough. We'll see you next time.